0: Hi everyone and welcome to the actual first ground control for the second half of 2021. What an interesting year for most of us in Australia. We've been in some form of lockdown for various times. Our poor colleagues in Melbourne, uh, the most lockdown city in the world, uh, followed by a fair bit of time we've spent in lockdown in, uh, in here in Sydney and New South Wales. But I think from overall perspective, uh, we've actually been able to, from a, an economy, um, handle the, uh, the lockdowns actually quite well. Today, I've got with us the chair of our investment committee, Emmanuel Caligaris. We're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in the world um, post the lockdowns in Australia, and actually consider what's probably the most interesting topic we've had in many many years and that's where interest rates are heading both here in australia and globally and talk a little bit about what the reserve bankers had to say but also get insights from emmanuel about where he sees the world heading with the interest rates and the dangers associated with that as well emmanuel welcome to our uh, ground control thanks Scott. great to be back in front of the cameras uh, after being locked up for so long
1: been a while
0: it has been a while but uh, a long time between drinks uh, let's start with a little bit about uh, the U.S. and inflation uh, the market got some jitters in just recent times about the six uh, percent plus inflation rate that came out of the U.S. Uh, there was some suggestion that they were expecting around four and a half so it was greater than that what's your view on this is this a, is this a long-term issue for the estates or are we seeing a, a, a bit of a blip post the uh, the covid impacts
1: yeah so this is this is the most important question that we've got to answer now uh for i guess uh, everything from portfolio returns to uh the future direction of interest rates to where stock market returns are going it's a, it really is a uh, uh you know the, the the number one topic on everybody's lips um Uh, it's it it's been easier to shut the economy down so flick the switch everyone go home fantastic but switching it back on has proven to be a lot more problematic um and uh and just having uh, supply bottlenecks um and uh and and, you know people getting back to work others not getting back to work um you know there's been a massive disruption in in um, the, the microchip industry and we're using microchips in almost everything we produce nowadays, uh, the car industry has been a classic example, Um, they've had to delay production which, you know, if the demand is there because we need to buy a new car, then you start to pay higher prices and those prices then start to stick and then um, it it escalates and and, and snowballs from there. so the central banks around the world uh, whether it's you know the federal reserve in america or whether it's uh, the reserve bank here in australia they've been at pains to tell us that um, that it's been the disruption and the bottlenecks which is causing higher prices in the short term but what i'm seeing here is is that it's taken the market by uh, a little bit by surprise in that yes we realize that um that we might get high prices in the short term but it's interesting how long these prices are now sticking so so I, i personally think that inflation looks transitory because as you mentioned we've been in lockdown the rest of the world's been in lockdown for quite some time and we're only really still slowly emerging and you know workforces are returning but in different forms i mean you know even here we're talking about whether we come in less days a week um working from home you know all these things are going to be Uh, 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 having some sort of effect so the other interesting thing has been in the in these bottlenecks is just how much energy prices have risen and a lot of the inflation that we're seeing uh comes back to the price of oil which if i remember about a year ago you and i were talking and i said um you know if i could have emptied my swimming pool and put oil in it uh, i'm sure that at minus 30 dollars a barrel which they were trying to flog it off for uh, in the first covid uh, uh, shutdown um, now we're back up to plus 80 dollars a barrel Uh, and so from that perspective that is now feeding through the system and remember oil touches basically everything Um, the other thing is is that you know the 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 uh, cost of shipping around the world had gone through the roof it's now starting to come over a bit so those costs are getting passed on Um, and and so uh, as i say the the return to normalization here for me seems to suggest that, that that inflation is transitory but it may last longer and the longer it lasts then the more disgruntled workers get the more they potentially go well i can't afford to live I want higher wages um and then higher wages leads to higher inflation leads to um higher wages leads to higher inflation and we get a, a snowballing in the inflation level uh, as i said i don't believe that that's the case now but it has been amazing how long it's going to take or at least it's becoming more um, evident how long this inflation is going to take to come back to what we we would regard as more normal levels
0: right well we're, we're seeing um uh inflation growth just announced in australia sort of around the two little bit over two percent mark um w- we're seeing um uh the target rate for the reserve bank between two and three is the target really rate really yeah um what do you think it would take um for um, um phil lowe at the reserve bank to push interest rates at the moment because he's he's been sort of trying to um Cold, cold water on a lot of suggestions that we're we're likely to have some interest rate rises in australia what do you think would take to, to get him over the line
1: yeah um, okay so so uh, it's the curse of one interest rate which is the official interest rate that the reserve bank sets which has raised a number of concerns in my mind um the number one concern is is that um as that interest rate pushed towards zero term deposit rates have fallen and a lot of people who uh, would live off a term deposit and comfortably so i mean it's not giving you a fantastic growth rate in fact you get uh, hardly anything um they've gone well i've just had a dry up of my income i don't want to start eating into my capital straight away what's an asset i can buy that's going to you know serve my purposes well they look at the rental market they go "Oh, i can get this and all of a sudden house prices start to get bid up So that's point number one is that, um, you know, the Reserve Bank now has to be very careful with what it does to interest rates because house prices have risen to a level which in my mind is pretty frothy again. I mean, we were back here in 2018 before they um, started making uh, or or directing policy to making sure that house prices kind of leveled off a little bit. And here we are through this massive boom. So um, I think that that's central to their thinking unconfirmed but it's my view that it's central to their thinking that they can't be pushing interest rates up anytime soon that's point number one point number two is is that wages growth in australia has only been 2.2 percent and it was released yesterday and as a general rule of thumb uh, about 50 percent of the wages bill gets passed into cpi as um as a reading so if you have a uh, a three percent wages bill um one and a half percent is your base case that you that you work to to saying okay one and a half percent is my inflation starting point add goods inflation insurance school fees and all the rest of it on there uh, price of goods um and we we'll are build up towards that two and a half um uh, level so at two percent or 2.2 percent which we've seen uh, uh phil low the the um, governor of the reserve bank is absolutely right in saying that it's a bit too early to be forecasting interest rates but the market has shot through and saying well we're going to get these interest rates next year because inflation is rising overseas so therefore it must be rising here and i i would say that um you know the other interesting thing here is is that Uh, our borders are closed we've had no migration we've had no fruit pickers we've had no so so we've still got the jobs there but less people to do them so now all of a sudden what we what we you know as perverse as it might sound is that when we do get that migration with people filling the jobs then wages potentially won't be going up so it's a very interesting situation that we've got so we need you need a lot higher wages but i think that the reserve bank will be patient here because it sees these distortions and says i might wait patiently now whether the guidance of 2024 um, needs to be brought forward a little bit it probably does because the economy is still doing very well, thanks to um, JobKeeper and all the, all the payments that the government's uh, given us to um, to make sure that we can sustain our, our living, um, and also the fact that they're now spending on infrastructure projects um, right throughout Australia, which is creating employment. Um, so, so that's a real uh, a real issue here that um, that that uh, the economy is doing fairly well. So, a, a wages bill. Uh, increase from here it'd have to get to i would say you know sort of that four percent level for them to really start putting on the the brakes and coming through with higher and higher interest rates
0: yeah look it's uh, it's really interesting um obviously um, as we've come out of lockdown we we've um we've started to to see the challenges people are having finding people in particularly in the hospitality area where people have left what have been traditional jobs even our local barista has uh, disappeared we we don't know where they've gone uh but people have obviously had to find new new jobs um and and so th- obviously that's actually going to impact both um bringing new people in so the quality of service i've noticed it in um in bars and, and restaurants but also in being able to actually uh, get get people through the door so naturally well, i think we, we're going to see some push on that until such time as we we've got the international borders opened up and we've got people coming uh coming along I think from, um, from an overall perspective um, one of the big challenges for the average investor out there is to understand the risks associated with interest rates and most people will understand the risk associated with the share market and the share market going up and down but very few people actually understand how you lose money uh, when you're invested in fixed interest investments. Now I know we've, we've talked about this before in other sessions but um, the the idea that if we were to hold it own a 10-year bond um, and interest rates were to go up and um, one percent for instance um, there there could be if you needed to sell that bond today before its maturity there could be a substantial uh, loss uh, can you just give our listeners a little bit of an understanding without going to too much technicality but a little bit of understanding as to what um, and how that works
1: sure so if you fix your money today at an interest rate of say one and a half percent and interest rates then rise so the market determines that that's too low and so interest rates they force interest rates higher Um, and long-term interest rates are bond yields right so the short-term interest rate is the cash rate Um, then we go to one month three months up to a year and then uh, the bond yields after that so if i fix my bond yield uh, or i invest in a bond at 1.5 percent today for 10 years but within that 10-year period um, the interest rate for bond yields goes up um say to two percent but i'm fixed at one and a half i'll still be receiving one and a half but the market is now at two so um what that what happens there is in order to equalize uh the interest rate of where i fixed in to where it is today um the capital price needs to adjust and that means that i will suffer a capital loss so the yield and and price is inversely inversely related so that when interest rates go up for bonds capital is lost and that's what's happening at the moment in the month of october um, the australian bond market lost about four percent and
0: and that's uh that's interesting um uh, consideration um for our advisors I and mean, they're working with clients around um appropriate diversity because in the interest rate market there's sort of um duration like the term the length of the fixed interest investment we actually have but there's also um credit uh, risk. Um, and so um, within many of our portfolios, our care portfolios, we're more weighted towards the credit risk, which doesn't have that duration risk, uh, than uh, than the, the duration risk. Um, that's that's a, a strategy that um, we've had for now for a number of years, because we've been worried about this, but that's the reason we've had it, isn't it? It's because we're that's worried right. about the loss to the client.
1: That's right. That's been our, our number one fear, um, that uh if interest rates were to rise and and again the pandemic was unforeseen um, and so uh, we had emergency rates set by the central bank where they had to drop them uh, a a long way almost to zero Um, and so uh, come back to normal from that very low level and they now have to go back up again well um, if you were good enough to pick it and then uh, you know get a capital gain and then at the bottom sell it and buy back in well and good but our philosophy tends to be more buy and hold so we want to take more of a long-term strategy uh, and the the least risky way of taking such low interest rates that we had even before um, the pandemic hit us um, was to buy floating rate credit as you said where the interest rate is generally set every three months and so that way you don't lock yourself into fixing your money and the potential for for fixed rate um, fixed interest rates to go higher and us suffering capital loss now what's happened since is that um you know credit spreads so where bhp where rio um, and any of the banks would borrow money have tightened they've come right in as people have chased the yield all the way down and so now they look a little bit expensive too but um, corporate balance sheets are basically in good health so if they've borrowed money they generally can afford to repay you uh, and so you, you know I don't think that you should be too worried about those spreads you know going uh, or widening anytime soon because spreads usually widen when we fear that a company that has borrowed can't pay us back or becomes more risky um, well with balance sheets being as healthy as they are at the moment that, that risk isn't there for now it might come back in a couple of years' time, you know, as we see that, uh, if we see that um, uh, uh, economic growth and and profit growth in particular starts to wane from here, um, the company will become more risky uh, if it has a a deterioration in its profit growth because then it needs won't be able to pay you back anywhere near as easily as it can when times are much better. So what we need to do is understand that the good times have been had um, and we need to manage that risk now very carefully because as we saw just in the last month alone fixed interest returns can be very negative Um, and personally uh, i'm still worried that if we do see higher inflation now the reserve banks target or at least forecast i should say inflation rate for uh, 2022 is about two and a quarter and for 2023 two and a half and the 10-year bond yield today is at about 1.7 so you're making although you're making 1.7 inflation is eating your money away at two two and a a quarter and two and a half forecast so you've got what's known as negative real rates you're not keeping up with the cost of living so to me it suggests that interest rates um, need to still go a little bit higher which will cause some more turbulence in the short term
0: yeah uh, it's interesting so when we're t- talking about the turbulence let's talk a little bit about the uh, the market the share market um, we have um, our own uh, process we've got an investment committee meeting tomorrow we have our own process called money on the move where we look at what uh, we consider the australian and the u.s markets are from the perspective of um, of cheap all the way up to expensive in fact in the, both ends of that we have from fear to fomo which means fear of missing out um, we're in a stage at the moment of being a relatively fair value um, but um, one of the things that people need to actually understand fair value is not mean get out it means it's actually fair value yeah. so you can stay in the market uh, it's probably got some time to run but it's not not at the expensive end of the market at this stage
1: that's true but when you say it's got time to run we've got to remember that um, what we've seen from last year's low to this year's high um, has been a phenomenal return. I mean, it's been a 30% return for the Australian share market, 34% return for um, the US share market, um, and uh, you know when I look around the world, you know, we're breaking new highs across Germany and across the UK and so on and so forth. What's important to understand is that these returns that we saw last year are not going to be repeated next year. But if we can still squeeze out against an inflation rate um, of, uh, say, two and a quarter percent uh, if we can still squeeze out a four and a half to five percent real rate, so in other words, two and a half, or two and a quarter plus four and a half, give us a six and a half to seven percent uh, return from here next year that's a great return yeah right so so you know we've got to take it into perspective now uh, as you said uh, graham the market seemed fair like uh, earnings or profits have come back up prices move always ahead to reflect what the expectation is and the expectations were fulfilled that's a good thing so now it's the question of where do we go to from here so um, I always caution people to say look don't follow last year's returns make sure you understand why we got those returns but more importantly what's likely to hit us in the future so as you look through the future the market's probably worth about seven thousand five hundred seven thousand six hundred remember that the interest rate because interest rates uh, matter when you're um, pricing future cash flows to today um, that interest rate is playing uh, a half a percent rise plays with about 400 points worth of um, value for the share market so in other words if you think that interest rates are going to rise another half a percent from here like we saw last month um, 7400 as a fair value on the stock market goes to 7000 as the fair value on the stock market. So this is why uh, there's a lot of nervousness around the the share market and the share market valuation, because it all hinges back to the uh, outlook for for, uh, interest rates. And that outlook for interest rates hinges on whether inflation is transitory or whether it's here to stay as a structural lift. Um, And as I said, it's a really hard question to ask right now because we haven't opened up the economy to how
0: it was Pre-COVID, and so we're
1: all guessing at the moment.
0: Yeah, look, it's really interesting. You've just reminded me when, um, in the late '70s, and um, uh, for many of the people listening, would um, not around when we were looking at uh, 17% interest rates um, that were there. But the the thing that don't, doesn't get mentioned all that um, often is that the inflation was running at 12.5 to 13% at the time. So this 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 real rate of return is relatively consistent for us between the market uh, uh it's just that um if you've got to be paying 17 interest rates it's a it's a tough uh, tough slog on your Well, mortgage. you
1: can't well you can't borrow anywhere near as much and that's why when you look back in history at 17 percent interest rates um depending on what your wages were you could borrow a lot less and then as interest rates fall you can borrow more and the payments are the same so then it becomes a case of um, if my wages are still doing okay, I can borrow progressively more and more and more the lower and lower and lower the rate goes because my repayments are the same. I'm not worried about losing my job. And if everybody can do the same, then what they do is bid up the price
0: of houses. Fantastic. Manuel, um, just to finish off, and we've been doing a lot of work on um, ESG uh, environmentally, socially, and, and governance re- governance responsible investments. Um, importantly, from our perspective, we've been looking at what's available in the market uh, to put in portfolios and to put on the list of our improved investments for our advisors to use. Um, you know, one of the aspects that uh, people don't necessarily realize it's just not an investment it's an ESG investment it could be an E environmental it could be an S social it could be G governance some of them can be all three but it's not necessarily all that common there's a lot of work um, we're expecting to be able to uh, offer portfolios in this area in the near future would you just like to give people a bit of a, an update on some of the process that we've actually looked at for ESG?
1: Sure, well, as you know, you're part of it. We went through an incredibly thorough process in trying to um, construct portfolios which were going to um, address the needs of, of, of clients and address their concerns for what the world looks like uh, in the future. Um, we considered global warming as being uh, one of those things. Um, you know, whether uh, companies are using slave labor, Uh, for example so from a social social perspective and then from a governance perspective what boards um, are doing in order to make sure that uh, their work practices are best and um, and that they are actually putting into um, place uh, management um, uh, i guess uh, policy uh, which is going to look after the e and the s Um, now we've come up with a uh, the the care um esg conscious portfolios which should be getting launched uh, in the next couple of weeks it's been a long process but we wanted to make sure uh, that um we had covered all our bases and that was that um uh, we wanted uh, managers to be signed up to um the unpri uh, which is uh the united nations uh, responsible uh, investment investment guidelines um and also that it was a benefit to have um uh, uh a um, riaa which is responsible investment association of australia stamp to tell us that you know they are uh, doing what they say that they're they going to do um it was a as you no it was a very long and detailed process making sure that as an investment committee we uh, addressed the uh, the issues that needed to be addressed and make sure that we were creating portfolios which weren't what's known as greenwashing which is yeah we'll say we'll do it but they never do it yeah. so so they're coming online Pretty soon I, I think that we've um yeah we, we, we've made sure that we addressed all three uh, parts of the of the process
0: yeah fantastic look it's interesting to watch and um uh, for a lot, lot of us who are interested in this area uh watching um cop 26 was it um i think that's what it was called and and um particularly interested in some of the business people that were over there not necessarily the pollies and uh, we saw a little bit of twiggy forest uh from fortescue there Uh, he seems to be making lots of the right noises Um, i think it's probably a little early to tell at this stage Um, but it's good to see that uh, businesses who are um, in areas such as mining which he is heavily into are thinking about ways to uh, green the
1: mining process yeah Uh, and and also create sort of alternative energies um, hydrogen uh, or green hydrogen which potentially could be powering our cars and in aeroplanes and a lot of different things in the future so um it this is a very deep area of uh, well you need deep understanding in this area to make sure that what these businesses are doing today and it's very hard to forecast what it's going to look like in the next 10 years but you know so
0: long as we're going down that road it's a good thing yeah look that's great look just to, to finish off with we've we've talked about the interest rate market and, and the risks associated with um with uh, bonds and the potential for interest rate rises to cause capital losses we've talked about the um the share market both the Australian and the US market and basically steady as she goes but we're expecting a lot lower return in uh, in 2022 than we are that we did in in the 2021 um the, the big area uh, that is causing lots of questions and lots of discussion is property and particularly residential property it seems to have gone well and truly um uh, above where we would expect uh, uh, this to actually happen um uh, i know we had a bit of a discussion earlier in the day about the, about this but could you just give our listeners a bit of a, a view from your perspective as to what we're looking at with this market you know are we in a are we in a bubble
1: oh oh, (laughs) so you never know if we're in a bubble until it bursts and you look back and you think oh yeah we're in a bubble um uh, rental returns out of property are very 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 low so how do you restore um you know a a rental yield uh which is let's just say that a a house uh, costs a million dollars and you're getting twenty thousand dollars worth of rent a year that's called a gross rental yield of Um, two percent can you increase the rent to get your rental yield or um, will the price fall so that relative to the new price the old rent looks higher I'm not sure because um, it's, it seems to be that you can charge slightly higher rent and again that's thanks to the fact that wages have been rising a little bit so uh, and there is a definite shortage of houses but once you start talking about rental yields in, you know, in the flats market it's a little bit of a different game because there seems to be still a very um, large supply of of, uh, unit accommodation. Um, I I don't know if we're in a bubble, Graham, I really don't, but but prices, when I see holiday houses um, in the middle of nowhere selling for ten million dollars, admittedly, this was in Ulladulla and it was down on the beach, um, and uh, it had uninterrupted views of the ocean, you know i start to question uh, uh, there's a lot of land down there <laughs> so so you know what is so special about this one place um i'm not sure so so it, it feels very frothy to me i would be very surprised if i saw 10 even 10 percent i'd be very surprised if i saw prices rising you know at all over the next five years um but you know weirder things have happened it's a market i'm not prepared to, to to chase um but uh but i acknowledge that um you know population uh increase so you know 250,000 immigrants coming in um there could be some strong structural underpinnings here as well so i can see both sides of this argument it's a really hard call because it's such an emotional asset as well right isn't it so uh, but i I have been looking at prices as you i'm sure you have as well and you know just in my street alone i was almost gasping for air when i saw one of the properties sold for and um uh, i think it just has to level out here a little bit and go sideways Interest rate rises will certainly ensure that it goes sideways, and then APRA policy, which says um, you've got to calculate a home buyer's loan at a higher percentage than what you were previously, when it says that to the banks, that'll make sure that it puts a lid on prices. It's a tough one.
0: Just the, the last question, and it's related to this, and I've, I was only just thinking about it as you were talking. The uh, attitude of, of consumers, Uh, here i have some sort of recollection in my mind of listening to you tell me about the um if people feel like they're rich they're more likely to spend money that's right so property prices does have an effect on their on their propensity to to actually buy things Mm -hmm. and so that's good for the economy just by 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 that in in that situation
1: absolutely and if you remember back in in the past um you could redraw so now if your house has gone up uh, and let's just say you you know you you, you paid you had a you had a a loan of six hundred thousand dollars on a million dollar house and that house is now 1.5 million dollars you've got real equity if you've still got the six hundred thousand dollar um or slightly below because you've made some payments so what you can do is redraw and go and buy a car or go and uh, go on a holiday or w- whatever i mean we can't go for too far at the moment but i'm sure times will change in the future and that creates real economy um and so that wealth effect that you're referring to is real people will go spend they feel better and you've got good growth happening at that point yeah back.
0: look I, uh, I i must share with um our listeners the uh, a personal situation um two of my daughters uh of Been in the property market a relatively short period of time but they've been in it for part of the the growth period that we've actually had both of them have been able to go back to their banks and actually get rid of their loan mortgage insurance because of the increase in equity and get an interest rate reduction as well um, so uh, if you're not doing that at the moment and you've you've got you're paying LMI, it's probably a good time to go back and talk to the bank about the, about that situation. Or if
1: your kids are doing it, make sure you tell them about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Emmanuel, thanks once again for your time. It's uh, it's great to have you uh, on our ground control. It's uh, we're getting close to uh, holiday season, um, and uh, we wish you and the family all the best for uh, for Christmas. And uh, we look forward to uh, having you back for another ground control uh early in 2022.
1: thanks graham
0: ladies and gentlemen thanks very much for listening to our session on the uh, markets particularly interest rates and uh, the uh, in uh, share market but particularly also wanted to just cover off lastly with the manual about uh the hot property market that we've actually had Uh, i'd like to wish you uh, if you celebrate christmas a merry christmas Uh, For my Jewish friends, uh, happy Hanukkah. And uh, for all of my other colleagues, uh, uh, happy holidays. And we wish you a safe and, and fun break after what has been a very, very difficult year. Thank you.